Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide on what to binge this week. Barney Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself! Charlie! What are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. <gasps> what are you doing here? Maze, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Think they're worried you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? I'm Helen Daly, and this week I'm joined by Roxanne Hughes, who has a very particular show she is obsessed with. It's Jane the Virgin. This week, the final ever episode is aired, and I am gutted. So I'm not wholly convinced on it, but I'm desperate for Roxy to tell me what I'm missing out on. So without further ado, let's get to it. So Roxy, when I first heard the name Jane the Virgin, my eyes were just rolling in the back of my head. Like it just sounded awful. Do you it's agree? Not. No, <laughs> it's, it's not. Basically, it's not. So um, Jane the Virgin basically is about a young girl called Jane. <laughs> well done to me. And she basically vows to never have sex after her grandmother made her promise to keep her virginity pure. However, she ends up pregnant after accidentally getting artificially inseminated in this extremely bizarre scene. And it becomes about the baby, her relationships, her family, and it's all in a telenovela sitcom style. Did I do all right there? Yeah, just about. (laughs) So it's season five now, right? Yes. Where are we at? So the finale has just aired and... The whole thing about season five is it's Jane kind of coming into her womanhood. She's with Raphael again, but then Michael came back from the dead at the beginning of season four, who was her first love. What? I know. (laughs) She was also her first husband. (laughs) So there's been lots of drama and people would say the whole series has kind of been about the love triangle, but it's not. It's more about Jane and her relationships and her family. Mm. So I have obviously missed a bit because I've watched the pilot and you've just informed yeah. me that Michael died. Um, so yeah, how... Oops, sorry. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Um, so how has the, se- the series changed from season one to where we're at now? Um, I think it's maintained its core values in terms of keeping the telenovela style. Um, but the main differences are, like I said, it's Jane growing. So yeah, in the pilot, you know, she's a virgin. She's never had sex. She ha- She's artificially inseminated with this baby. Um, but throughout it, it's kind of her learning, like growing up and her relationship with her mother and her grandmother. Um, and obviously like her relationships and it kind of brings her full circle by the finale. And it is like a really interesting style. The one thing that I noted when I watched the the pilot, basically my, my experience with Jane the Virgin is that I'd watched a couple of episodes from I don't even know what season, just when my flatmate was watching it. And I thought like, what the hell is this? Like, this is not for me. Oh, but then everyone was talking about it. You were obsessed with it. You always talking about it. And I thought, right, I'm gonna watch the pilot, see what I think. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, the main interest for me was in the style because as I mentioned before, it's like kind of a telenovela, more of a sitcom. Mm. Um, I think it's really like innovative for Netflix to have done that. It is definitely. Um, It's, you know, it just keeps it fresh. It keeps it exciting. You know, there'll be scenes where she kind of like, because she's a writer in it and you see her journey as a writer. So she'll have these moments where her narrative 
mindscapes if you will kind of transcend out of her body so there'll be other Janes around her kind of like putting on different roles and telling her what to do like with different life situations and stuff so it kind of just makes it that much more fun and like raises the game a bit I would say yeah and I mean talking about the cast like who is it who plays Jane again Gina Rodriguez she's amazing yeah she is like rising up in the world right now with so many different things and is she doing anything else after Jane the Virgin um she's been in quite a lot of stuff like she was in this um thing called Carmen Electra as the she's playing an animated role um and she's yeah she's she's everywhere at the moment like she's kind of really hot property and she's like she's just funny in it she's funny she's emotional I know you especially wanted to touch on one of your favorite moments with Jane Yes. So in season five, there's this amazing scene, which I think is just, it's not heard of in television really, where there's one camera, there's one shot and it follows her. Basically when Michael comes back from the dead and she had mourned him, she grieved him, she went to his funeral and she's processing that. And in that scene, the way they filmed it is it's basically her monologue for about 15 minutes straight, just her. 15 minutes. Yeah, it's literally unheard of in television. Her mother and her her grandmother sit at the kitchen table and she literally goes from every single emotion under the sun, walks around her kitchen. like, And it's just incredible that she obviously remembers every single line for that whole scene. Yeah. It's amazing. I, did, I don't know another actress that could do it. And um, the, the supporting cast, they're also brilliant. I know yes. I've spotted a few Orange is the New Black cast, cast mates in it. Uh, yeah. There's, in season one. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it kind of works as like an ensemble. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's even Eva Longoria has been in it from Desperate Housewives. Like, oh, I think um, because it's a Latina cast as well, like they, br- they try and bring in famous Latina names as much as they can into the story to really like promote that and it's really great like there's loads of great names in it. and it really works like in terms of representation for yes. Latina actresses exactly, and, yeah. and actors I guess um so one thing that obviously does run through it is Michael and Raphael's relationship with uh Jane Wh- where are you at with this because it <laughs> sounds like it's kind of taken a bit of a turn um yeah I mean I think the fandom for Jane the Virgin is very much divided. There's a fandom? Oh yeah, there really is. <laughs> what do they call themselves? Um, well, there's either Jaffael Shippers, which is Jane and Raphael, or there's Jane and Michael. I'm not quite sure the name of them, but it's it's Jamichael. very much divided. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously it, the series starts with Jane and Michael and you think, oh, you know, they're the true love story and it goes on and on. And then all the way through that, she's kind of experiencing this connection to Raphael and it kind of, it does toss and turn throughout but now by season five, she is firmly with Raphael, even though Michael came back from the dead, the pair of them realized they didn't really have a strong feelings anymore because Michael had changed so much because he'd had amnesia. So she is basically going, well, you assume that her the rest of her life will be with Raphael now. But yeah, it's been a very, it's been a sticking point for a lot of fans. And where, <laughs> I, I know you, Roxy, you love a good ship. Yes, I do. Which ship have you boarded here? Um, firmly Jane and Michael, which is why I am, to be honest, quite angry with season five because I didn't want her to end up with Raphael. Okay. <laughs> Obviously we know it is ending, but do you think there's scope to bring it back and show her getting with Michael or would I think you want to end it they've they've purposely want to end it I think they've tried to show basically because the whole show is about Jane's journey you know through becoming a woman and everything I think they've tried to show that you can have that first love with Michael but she's changed he's changed and her life going forward is with Raphael I think they've tried to show that journey so I'm like obviously I've only watched season one <laughs> season one episode one <laughs> it's not big up my part here 
But, you know, Raphael doesn't seem like the best guy either. Well, this is it. He also goes through a bit of a journey. So season one, he's very much portrayed as kind of like the rich guy. He owns a hotel. You know, he's he's not great, but she's instantly attracted to him. And it's kind of showing throughout the series. I hate that I'm kind of bigging up Jane and Raphael here now. But <laughs> I've kind I'm of all about Michael. To do it. <laughs> but I guess they kind of help each other change and grow. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a sweet story, but... No, Michael for the win. <laughs> Michael for the win. Um, so it's going to be a sad ending for Michael. Is it going to be a happy ending? Well, for it's, it's not quite a sad ending for Michael because okay. he gets basically another woman pregnant. So there's too much pregnancy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Without so sounding we like kind of leave Michael happy, but it's definitely a happy ending for Jane and Raphael. I, I mean, like, there's a wedding on the it. cards. Oh, and he wants like babies and stuff, Michael. He seems like really yeah. keen for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're happy in their little Montana home now on their own. <laughs> <laughs> While you cry. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's address it. Michael coming back from the dead. Yes. Um, big point it was a massive shocker to everyone and I think this is why a lot of Michael fans are angry because they wanted Michael to come back from the dead like especially ones that loved his character and loved him and Jane together but they didn't want the writers to bring him back from the dead to not end up with Jane and that's exactly what they did and so many people thought why would why bother why do that why not just leave their memory happy in its special little treasure box you know they had their marriage they had their relationship it ended but instead they bring him back with amnesia (laughs) there's all this drama Jane then has to re-choose Raphael just think no I wish he'd kind of just stay dead if they were going to do that however though I guess you know at least he's come back Jane's had to choose Raphael can the Michael fans not accept then that Jane and Raphael are actually really good together? I think, yeah. Do you think that was the point of it? Yeah, it probably was. It probably was to kind of like drive it home how Jane and Raphael are better suited, maybe. But I'm all for the first love, you know. (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) It sounds to me a little bit Jon Snow-esque. We do often drop Game of Thrones references here bring him back from the dead and then have him like not kill anyone <laughs> important exactly. or do any well <laughs> or do anything important i think i end. read an interview actually that um the executive producers had said it was kind of like their last trump card for the telenovela because obviously they put in these little kind of gems of different telenovela tropes but bringing the character back from the dead was like the big one that they still hadn't used Okay. So it's quite exciting that they did that. I guess. So they killed him off just to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> so you don't agree with it. Is that maybe the only part of Jane the Virgin you don't agree with? Um, I would say, yeah. I think, you know, like this, the writing is incredible. The acting's incredible. The relationships, like there, I don't really know another series that kind of brings everything together so well. Um, yeah, I think the, probably the only reason why it does make me so angry is because I care about the characters that much. <laughs> I, can, I can see it, believe me. <laughs> um, so obviously we have a lot of good characters. We have a lot of bad characters as well. Tell me about the villains and where we're at now. Um, so the main villain throughout the whole series is Sin Rostro, um, who has been the catalyst for a lot of like, you know, heartbreak and stuff in all the different relationships. She comes back in spectacular fashion. I mean, she's been there the whole time in prison, but she escapes from prison in season five towards the end. And the penultimate episode was probably one of the most exciting episodes of the whole series. Um, and she finally died. <laughs> she died. <laughs> yes, which is kind of making me wonder what can happen in the finale. You know, what is that final 
thing that's gonna propel it into I don't know like there has to be something exciting to happen in the finale right they can't just get married and happy ever after is that not quite telenovela I don't know I mean sure there's got to be like that final scene that final like oh actually this could happen or something Michael a twist yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) the hope in your face then your eyes just lit up (laughs) but um yeah and you know someone else who's really grown Petra right I know you have like some strong thoughts about Petra yeah Petra I think I mean she's probably most people's favorite character because you know I've said about the journeys that everyone's undergone but Petra's has been the biggest because she started off as Raphael's wife um she's Czech her mother's a bit messed up and she's kind of stayed throughout the series as well um and she just undergoes such a journey again from you know being that really selfish kind of highly strong woman and you know only caring about herself to kind of actually learning to let people in and grow relationships like her and Jane are really close now and they've kind of found a rhythm because they're kind of almost stepsisters because of the situation Raphael and Petra actually have two little girls together as well so it's all a bit kind of complicated yeah, Definitely. but I mean, to be fair, when I watched her in the pilot, I was like, God, she's so annoying. I'm yeah. going to hate her. But it's quite nice to hear you say that she like turns it around yeah, and becomes definitely. quite a nice character in the end and a good confidant for Jane. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Jane's family? Um, yeah, they've. Um, I think Rogelio is probably the funniest character. So he plays Jane's dad. Obviously, you probably... You, did yeah. you meet him in the pilot? I did. Yeah. That was um, the big cliffhanger. Yes, there we go. So again, like his and Jane's relationship just kind of goes through this roller coaster but by the end of it they're really close and she even has this line in the penultimate episode where she says like I can't believe you've only been in my life for seven years so it's just amazing like these journeys they go on oh and um (laughs) the big question of the show is the narrator yes um (laughs) I think the biggest theory is definitely that it's going to be Matteo who is Jane and Raphael's little boy and I think it would make the most sense and it's a bit you know like how I met your mothery and it kind of like brings everything full circle that in the final episode or like it was final scene or whatever you'll just see a grown-up Matteo with his kids reading a storybook at night time or something yeah. and it'll just be like this is the story of my mother and father but I don't know it could be someone totally different it could be an older Rogelio telling the story of his daughter it could be it could be anyone it'd be quite nice to see like Matteo stood as like a little boy and then Jane's like don't be having sex now or something (laughs) (laughs) don't do it (laughs) as like grandma Jane or something yeah that'd be be good but um yeah no I think it's it's a really interesting way of storytelling so I mean aside from the narrator being a bit of a question so a little bit was a gossip girl you don't know who like gossip girl is yeah and stuff. exactly yeah you know it has been done before however I think they do it in a really neat way it's like a really um they're always teasing the narrator's always teasing like what's come like oh Jane didn't know it but this was going to be like the biggest decision of her life yeah. and stuff like this and it's um I don't what do you make of Jane the Virgin as a whole do you think it's stand out do you think it's the first of its kind or do you think it kind of melts into the background a little um, bit. I think it's definitely um oh, I don't want to say one-off but I mean definitely the family relationships um make it really stand out from a lot of other shows like as a woman obviously myself and yourself um we don't see a lot of those really core family relationships without so many men involved so it's really yeah. interesting to see that in a family dynamic that it was Jane growing up with her mother and her grandmother and how strong those females are in her life and how independent she is and obviously she has men in her life and Rogelio comes in and she gets to know him but first and foremost it's the women and I think that is quite standout yeah and you get like the really sweet moments in the first episode where yeah. you know she's talking to her mom like oh well, would would you keep the baby and she was like 
Well, I had a similar decision. Mm, exactly. And you, you, there's a lot of parallels and it is quite nice. And what I was really surprised at actually was how tender like some of the moments mm. were because I came into it expecting like a sitcom, expecting kind of raucous jokes and stuff, but I didn't really get it. Like the humor was quite subtle. It was quite clever. And I thought actually it really worked alongside the kind of more, you know, touching moments yeah. it definitely i'd say like the most kind of slapstick humor is rogelio because he's kind of like the big over the top actor and he kind of fulfills that role a bit when it's needed but generally like you said the family moments and kind of the problems that they face together and how they get through them but also bring in the humor you know it's really yeah it's really poignant um so is it the right time for it to end um i as, as sad as I am, I think, yes, because it was kind of getting to the point a little bit where it was just kind of going backwards and forwards with who will Jane end up with, you know, like these kind of decisions, like she's really got to a place in her career now where she's really strong, like she's sold her second book, she's got this happy family life with Raphael if they get married, her family are happy, her, her mother came through breast cancer, her father's got his big pilot, like I think it probably is, yeah. but Jane the Virgin is going to have a sequel, so... We will be talking about it in a little (laughs) bit. But um, yeah, no, I think it's interesting, actually. We've, throughout, you know, Netflix's tenure, we've had a lot of discussions about whether, you know, shows are going on too long or whatnot. And what we're finding is that shows are actually ending, like, while they're good. And it sounds like the case with this. Um, Do you think that's a a kind of prevalent issue in Netflix at the minute, is, like, when to end a show? Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean especially because a lot of them are binged, you know, it is, it's difficult to know how many seasons to have with, with anything really. But, um, I definitely think there's a more, there's a more of a focus on quality rather than quantity now. And I don't really know why the shift is for that, but there definitely is. It is definitely like, I I feel like Netflix has, has led the way a little bit with it. Mm. You know, every show kind of thing that we come to, it has an end date, you know, like the OA is going to be five parts and you know, um, Stranger Things is going to be ending soon. Like you, you always are aware of the end game. And I think that kind of makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, I think it's interesting to do it on a sitcom. Like it's a lot different yeah. of a, a tactic, but I guess it's a sitcom with heart. Yes. <laughs> Put it on the poster. Yes. <laughs> um, so I am fairly sold already, but why should I watch Jane the Virgin? Um, One single reason I would say Gina Rodriguez is the main reason because she just, you can watch her for hours. You can watch her on her own. Like I said, there was that scene where she just does her own monologue. And I think there's a lot of series out there where the plot may be incredible and there might be like a few standout actors or characters or whatever. But with Jane the Virgin, you are sold on her all the way through. She is amazing. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Here on Netflix, we do like to give you guys some helpful hints and tips on what to watch next. So Roxy, you have mentioned it already. Jane the Virgin, the sequel. Yes. So we don't know a lot about this yet, but it's guaranteed to be incredible because it's from the same writing team. Gina Rodriguez posted about it herself and she said that it's going to be called Jane the Novellas. But I mean, it could simply be if it is revealed to be Mateo as the narrator, it could be him narrating, you know, other characters that we've seen already in their lives, or it could be Mateo's child, or it could be Mateo grown up. Like there's so many different strands they could take with that, but I'm sure it's going to be great. And are any of the same cast members going to be in it? We don't really know yet. It's kind of still up in the air. I imagine that 
they'll want to give something to the fans when the show's ended. So it could be very soon after that they announce like who's yeah. going to be coming back to it maybe. It would be quite interesting to have Gina continue it through because obviously she yeah. clearly loves the role. Fans love her in it. Maybe that would work quite well. Maybe, yeah. I mean, fans would definitely want her there. It's a case of obviously because she's, you know, her career is skyrocketing now if she'd actually want to be. Maybe she'd do little like kind of guest yeah like a young sheldon big bang theory kind of thing yeah Yeah. that could work yeah um so we don't know when that's out we don't know when it's going to be made (laughs) but it's coming (laughs) it's coming we recommend it when it comes announcements (laughs) imminent (laughs) and um i know that you are particularly keen on crazy ex-girlfriend tell me about it um so the reason why i mentioned this one is because to me it has a kind of similar feel to jane the virgin there are differences obviously um but it's similar in the sense that you follow this woman who you know she's not depicted as being this glamorous perfect has it all together woman she's got issues she's got mental health problems she struggles but she's also really creative and crazy ex-girlfriend you know does a similar thing and that it has musical scenes and it's her narrative in her mind depicting that so again you follow crazy ex-girlfriend you follow her all the way through and I think yeah it's just a it's a great show yeah so that one is on Netflix now right yes yeah great full series I went for my recommendation I went a little bit like off piste (laughs) and just thought Spanish Um, (laughs) so I am bringing to the table Narcos have you seen it so I haven't seen it but everyone raves about it it's honestly brilliant have you watched it all the way through I have seen one and two okay yeah so it follows the life of Pablo Escobar whose name I almost forgot. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's just how he became like a criminal drug lord, master of everything. And you think it's going to be kind of you falling in love with Pablo Escobar. And you kind of do to an extent, but you also realise that he's a real bad, nasty piece of work. (laughs) And you also follow the police who are tracking him. And it becomes this like really exciting cat and mouse tale that you don't, actually know how it's going to end if you don't know I personally didn't know how the story was going to end so yeah I think um you know if you want something a little bit more dramatic than Jane the Virgin (laughs) although that is difficult with it being a telenovela um Narcos is like one of those shows that you you have to concentrate on but you can fully immerse yourself into it it's a very exciting captivating world it's shot really beautifully music's like awesome it's just all kind of like tango like really sexy like latin music and um yeah I think I think Roxy, you'd really like it. Um, it's definitely been on my list for a while, for sure. Get it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's my next thing. <laughs> so that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us to chat about Jane the Virgin. Thank you very much, Roxy. Thank you, Helen. I will watch it. <laughs> and please don't be sad that it's over. <laughs> I'll try. Um, So if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment and tell your friends about us. Please join in with the debate on Twitter. That's at NetflixedPod, where we'll be teasing details of our next episode. And next week, it's the return of Glow. That's the glorious ladies of wrestling for its highly anticipated third season. And we cannot wait for it. Roxy, have you seen it? Um, no, again, I'm really behind. <laughs> Please, come on, get with it. <laughs> so Callum Crumlish will be back next week with everything you need to know about the new series. You absolutely do not want to miss this one. So I'll see you then. <laughs>